Welcome, everybody, to the Brian Pure Grocery Podcast. That's me. My guest is Davey. Hi, Davey. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. And yeah, we're in the same, we're actually in the same house right now. Interestingly enough, she's upstairs and I'm downstairs. And um, we just decided this was a better way to operate than what we were trying to do previously. So we're using Zoom in the same place. And, uh, and we're, we're communicating this way. So hello to you, Davey. Hello to everybody else watching us. This is something we've been, we've been envisioning for a long time doing. Mm -hmm. It just kind of all happens in divine timing and divine order. <laughs> it really does. Definitely. So, so here we are grateful to be sharing this space, space with you. Yeah. Um, grateful to connect. Yeah. I was thinking like when you really started obvious, well, not obvious to, to me and you, but not obviously everyone listening that I've known you for, for a while. Um, but when you started to like come into my consciousness more strongly about doing something like this was um, following you on Instagram actually. And oh. yeah, and you're just like, to me it was almost like you're, you're channeling messages. Mm. Um, and there was, there was things that were coming through that we'll get more into, but I just thought they're really interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to like just kind of inquire with you more about it, discuss it more. And I was here um, months ago now and we did talk more in depth, got into some of those things and just think it's be really valuable to share with people um, some of those things that you've realized and downloaded. In fact, your name on Instagram is, what is it? Say it. It's Davey Download. That's it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sharing so your downloads. Caught on. That's exactly what's happening. <laughs> Downloading letting it come through for sure. Sharing your downloads. Yeah. Well, how did this, how did this path start for you? Is this something that you, you know, it's kind of that question of like, was did somebody just kind of the womb like this and just, they just recognize who they are like that and just were off to the races or did it kind of come in stages or whether it was a particular moment that really shifted things like, well, how did this journey, where would you say it was the starting point and mm. uh, began? I mean, I definitely came out of the womb like this. Can't, there's no avoiding that. Ask my parents. Um, but I also, I mean, I was around religion and spirituality growing up. And so I had a very specific framework of what God was. And, you know, it's Christian kind of Southern upbringing. And when I was 18, I read this book by Louise Hay called heal your life uh heal your life heal your body heal your life and it really was all about how our mindsets and our thoughts affect our physical form and contribute to illnesses in the body and so for me I, I was reading that book i read this other book called the magdalene manuscript so that was all about i mean it was really rooted in tantra and in kundalini rising type of meditations. So I was reading Heal Your Body, Heal Your Life, Magdalene Manuscript, and then this book about quantum physics. And then I was reading this book called The God Code that was all about the correlation between the Hebrew language and numbers and coding and our material experience. So I just got like a pretty big, like expansive, book reading time when I was 18. And in that process of reading the Magdalene manuscript, I did do one of their, I did their meditations and had my first Kundalini awakening experience, literally the first time I sat down to meditate and try this like, okay, the serpent's rising up the spine. And um, so that was probably the biggest pivotal expansive time that really I've continued to unfold from there. That's awesome. Yeah, you, when you talk about, I mean, one of the things I really like about what you share is I feel like there's an, inst an integration of what we could call spirituality, an integration of uh, science, an integration of math, an integrate. It's like this, like integration of all these different components, and so mm -hmm. like, you know, it sounds like that that kind of started to happen at that time. Um, but there's this ability to like, kind of like see how these points intersect with other points that I'd love for you to kind of speak to more. These, these, 
things that seem different or they're disparate, but actually yeah. are just reflecting the same truth in different ways, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say, I would say that's a natural part of who I am. And I, I feel like you're familiar with human design and I'm a projector. So it's literally the energetic role of a projector as is described in human design to be the go-between. So it's, it's kind of my role to, to really see someone, to really see their heart and their essence and what activates them and what excites them and to connect, help connect the dots. So it's like, oh, I hear my friend talking about this over here and this person over here, it, I need to connect those two. So that's kind of energetically how I operate in general. And I, it brings me a lot of joy to see those connections happen. And so I feel like that also goes hand in hand with my perspective on the world and the universe. It's like I'm seeing patterns and I'm seeing connections and I've become very curious to continue studying the root of those connections because I feel like just with the root system of a plant, you have all of these far extensions of the root that are very separate and very small and spread out. But if you continue to follow the root back up, it goes to a, a, the same core. So that's kind of when I'm, when I'm studying and when I'm looking at the universe with curiosity, I'm, I'm noticing that that's a, that's a natural pattern in life, right? That like branching and then mm -hmm. the connection to the root. So so yeah, I've taken that principle and, you know, I, I guess I could say there was this moment in my life about, about four years ago where I was starting to get into really wanting to cultivate, okay, so I have these energetic sensitivities, like some might call it psychic or clairvoyance, but you know, I've gone through life this way. I'd really like to learn how to cultivate this more intentionally. And so I started doing some different esoteric studies and, you know, just, just learning and exploring, like, how can I cultivate this and, you know, not be pulled in all different directions by being so sensitive, but really like, how do I find my center is really kind of what I was looking for without knowing it. And and also at that time, I really was looking at the world and I was kind of thinking like, how can I even make any positive difference? Because this world is freaking crazy and kind of awful when you look at it through a certain lens, when you yeah. really look at all the yeah. things that are going on. And, and so I, I wouldn't have acknowledged it then, but I was definitely depressed. I was looking at the world and my role in the world and like, what the fuck am I even doing here is really how it felt. And at that point, I was highly encouraged by my partner at the time to just start meditating. And I really appreciated that, you know, he steered me in that direction of like, go within, like, stop trying to find all the outside answers, like sit with yourself. And really, at that point, I did, I just, I sat up on this hillside in the forest and I really asked why the fuck am I here like I really was like universe you need to tell me and and it was from that point that I really and and we can you know steer me in whatever direction you want to go but at that point I really connected with these higher dimensional beings like these they were like light beings and yeah, they really took me through this learning process. And, and also it, for me, it's not even about like, oh, I had these guides and they showed me these things. It's like, I connected with my higher knowing and I was supported in that because the universe supports connection. And so from there, that's when I really started studying, you know, sacred geometry more intentionally and how it corresponds with music and frequencies because I produce music and I've grown up singing all of my life. So that's something that feels really important and natural to me to connect with what is the power of sound. And so then I start connecting that with quantum physics and looking at the way the energy moves because, you know, I also 
so we're jumping around a lot here, right? Um, I also do body work and energy work and I'm a licensed massage therapist. And so I've, I have naturally just had an understanding and a connection to energy work. And I really love, I'm fascinated by the fact that it's not just mystical, like we have no idea what's going on. If you really dig into quantum physics and you look at the way the energy moves, and then you look at these energy healing modalities, they're very connected. There's, there's explanations for it. So I really love, yeah, I just love looking at things from all angles. So I bounced around to a lot of different topics, numerology, ancient languages, and, I, and I'll just pause after this just to say that my intention was really to find out how did we get where we are now? So that's what kind of took me to like, how did all of this, how was all of this created? Because I can't contribute to making positive change or building a new system if I don't know how we got here and if I don't know what the, the building blocks of our material world that, that we're working with. So well, that feels like a great question. So how did we get to where we are now? <laughs> well, that's like a really big question. That's a we big might question. need to like narrow it down even more. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I look at language. I look at um, intention. I look at um, well, let's, let's start with language. So uh, we, yeah. yeah, we can break it down a little bit. So even, you know, the Bible, I grew up in Catholic school. I remember the first sentence of the Bible says in the beginning, something like in the beginning, there was the word. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Go there. Absolutely. Yeah. So yes. the way I do, and I think we, we kind of got into this a little bit in the past, but I'd love to get into this more because I feel like you're one of the few people that, that I can talk to that really is kind of on this level of inquiry. Um, it feels like the word is language, language is coding, mm -hmm. right? Which, yeah. which is programming, which it, the, the, the coding, the, the programming creates what we're perceiving. Mm -hmm. So like in, in my delving into it, it's like, um, I, I recently, you know, I've known about it for a long time, but I recently started delving a little bit more into the, the I Ching. Mm -hmm. Um, which for those who don't know is an ancient book um, out of China and which is all about these numbers and how the number, and then, and then the, the way computers are programmed, um, the zeros and the ones. Mm -hmm. um, and um, just DNA, all these things I know you looked at too. And it's like, well, there's, it's kind of the same thing. It's mm -hmm. like understanding the code. And if you understand the code, you can then, as the kind of become one with the creator and then you can rewrite the code to whatever that creation wants to create through you right is it is that does that resonate for you absolutely i'm kind of get, I'm getting really excited i'm like yes yeah absolutely with with language and numbers and and that reference to the bible of in the beginning was the word and also I'm thinking about this example that happened in a C.S. Lewis book in Chronicles of Narnia where they were in another world and this humming started happening. And it was just so beautifully described. He's such a great writer. Um, and, and that was just a really fun, beautiful picture of the way that basically this humming started and all of these beautiful sounds started and that's what created the material materialization right. of world and, and in india they have that same kind of story of the om the primordial om exactly everything created out of that sound yeah yeah and and getting into the numbers portion of it this is where it gets into kind of the physics of it right so sound is a waveform and we're measuring how many times the wave oscillates and that's what gives that that's what makes you know, things a certain color. That's what makes things a certain pitch is mm -hmm. how many times it's oscillating. And so basically that's how you're transitioning sound into numbers is how many times is it oscillating? Therefore, what information is it holding? What color is it holding? What tone is it holding? And 
So then from there, you get into the study of numerology. Like what, because, you know, we have zero through nine. Really, those are the only numbers that we have because then they replicate themselves and form other numbers together. Mm -hmm. So I, I really appreciated this book called The Key to the Universe. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the uh, author. Key to the Universe, we can find it. Yeah, key, key to the Universe. And it's an older book. I think it was in like the late 1800s. And I was so excited when I found it because it takes each number and corresponds it with the Hebrew letter that relates to it. And then the tarot card and the Bible verse. So there's like four chapters on each number. And I really, really appreciated getting to take that deep dive into that book. It's obviously older, kind of slow writing, but I geek out on that. Um, but what it really helped me see with the zero and the one, with the binary code that we do use in our technology here, um, is that the zero is representing the feminine principle. I think we seem to have you frozen. Okay, we had a little technical issue, but we're back. And we were talking about, yeah, numbers and zeros and the I Ching and quantum physics and coding. But, but really, like, yeah, just uh, this, um, this underlying pattern of the universe. That's what really struck out to me of what you started to talk about. So mm -hmm. what's the underlying pattern of the universe that, you, that you've discovered? Well, it's a forever discovery, right, but some of right. the things that I feel pretty fascinated by and have been appreciating working with is really, it kind of goes back to the, the branching that I named earlier. So I also see that branching happen in our brain function. So in the way that our neurons form these pathways. And you see it when you look at the nervous system, when you look at our circulatory system, and you see it when you're looking at the trees and at roots and at mycelium. It's just this branching pattern. And it's like, that's the way that this part of the universe knows how to share information is kind of how it feels to me. So it's like looking at these pathways in the body with the nervous system and the way that you know light or information or um, electricity is pulsing through those neurons and it's carrying information it's carrying a signal and so that kind of ties back into what we were naming earlier about the way that oscillating energy so sound or light is able to be measured and put into a number form and we're then able to really look at the information that that particle is holding or that that it's carrying so so yeah i really appreciate kind of taking a step back from things you know because we get so wrapped up in our lives and so we're so connected to this physical reality that you know, we can get in our, really in our minds about things. And so it's helpful for, t for me to step back from a situation, even if it's like a situation with a friend where we're having kind of a tense disagreement or something and to really be able to step back from it and say, okay, what are all of the extensions of this experience? Because it's not just this experience that I need to be so obsessed about or emotional about or reactive to and so yeah really feeling into the interconnectedness of everything and even even when we're looking at empty space and we're we're thinking well that's you know that's just empty space it's like well there's a lot of waves and a lot of information that's moving through empty space so there's actually just really a lot more connectivity happening than we realize and we can get really stuck on this is my experience these are my emotions so i really yeah that's that's been one of the big ones that i've been playing with mm -hmm. energy is such a fascinating thing right because it's like we can't see it 
but yet it's like everywhere. It's, it's, it's in everything. It moves through everything. Um, so to understand the way energy moves and the different frequencies of it. And, you know, you, you mentioned about intelligence, that energy has intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels like to me, like so much of your work as a healer and really, really on the, at the root level, anyone's root of, as a healer is, um, seeing where, like if someone's, if someone's sick or there's a, there's an illness, it's like somewhere the code needs to be reset, right? Yeah. There's, there's an energy imbalance. There's somewhere where the, where they, the energy is stuck. It's not connecting. It's, it's blocked. And yes. discovering where that is, which it seems like the way to discover where it is, is by being present, by bringing awareness to it, by noticing. And then, then what happens from there? I'll ask you that question. So like you, 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 yeah. you notice where it's blocked or where it's stuck or where it's, um, uh, needs to be reset and, and how does uh, someone who's a healer, how do they support someone to do that? Yeah, that's such a fun question. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, and I feel like you really captured kind of an essence of, yeah, how I approach my healing work. Um, and, and really I view it as I'm holding space for someone to mm-hmm. reconnect it for themselves. Right. Because I will say, yes, there are techniques that I use that support the person in reconnecting, you know, say there's this spot in their lower back, right hip, and it's just been this kind of trouble area for them all their lives. Nothing they do really seems to work. They go to yoga, they stretch, but it always kind of like pops up. And so I'm approaching that moment and saying, well, I'm not here to fix this person. I'm not here to make their problem go away. I'm here to help them cultivate more, a deeper awareness and a deeper listening to their own body. Because like we were saying with energy holding information, our bodies are also participating with that system. So, you know, there can be deeper connections to why those blockages are there in the body in the first place. So, you know, these are things you're already very familiar with, but I'll just kind of expound on in a little bit as far as when we have experiences, life experiences that are traumatic or stressful, or we don't have the capacity or the tools to process them, then we kind of sequester them in a little, like, you know, where I'm going to push, shove this in the corner. I can't deal with it now. I'm carrying on with life. That's also survival mode. That's fight or flight. That's like how we in our animal bodies respond to stress. And, you know, you'll see animals after a stressful experience. I'm sure you've heard this analogy where they'll, they'll shake afterwards. So they're letting go of all of that tense energy. And in our human existences, we often stay to the grind and we stay survival mode and so all of these things build up over a lifetime and you know we then start experiencing you know these repeating patterns and it's like well let's get down to the root of of how this dysfunction started and this this type goes hand in hand with my curiosity about the world like well how did the world become this way well we can use the same principles of discovery and curiosity to kind of get to the root of why is my body not fully in balance? Because it's a holographic universe, right? Like the, the micro is the macro and the macro is the micro. Totally, totally. And yeah, and that's the holographic universe is a whole nother podcast moment, I think. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I, I basically, I do use techniques that are based in like shiatsu, which is more of an energetic format of body work where I'm using the electromagnetic field of my hands and laying them on the meridian lines to encourage those meridian lines to open up. And so that can just be really light touch because it's, I'm really, I'm doing a certain breathing technique of centering myself, of activating my electromagnetic field to a harmonious, balanced state. And then I'm 
basically sharing that space with someone. So that's also the principle of entrainment and that higher frequencies have the capacity to draw up and quicken lower frequencies. And whenever we are not in full balance, our frequency drops. Like you don't get a cold until your electromagnetic field is measured at like, I think it's about like 48. And I believe the normal, like a healthy human, their resonance, their electromagnetic field is in the high 50s. And so it's like, as we do things, don't get enough sleep, have stress, um, you know, what we choose to eat, that literally everything is affecting our electromagnetic field all the time. So, so yeah, kind of tying back into that's part of my practice to really stay super present in my body to hold the intention that my body and my essence is is really activated and is really healthy and balanced so that really goes into a big thing that i then teach the person receiving it's like let's tap into your capacity to choose as you said how you're programming your body how you're programming your cells because each cell is, you know, when you really get into these smaller building blocks and how they're working, when you're looking at an atom, you know, it's literally made of energy. Like there's nothing substantial that you can touch. And it's, you know, obviously it's such a small particle. And so really just looking at the human body as a really receptive vessel that is so ready to be in full alignment. Like really, it wants it wants that. Our bodies are are naturally drawn towards that. Well, there's something that you said that really was a light bulb for me. Um, kind of clicked in 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 a, in a special way, which is the body knows how to heal itself, right? The body knows how to heal itself, and what the best healer is doing is really creating, facilitating the space for the body to heal itself. That's that's an amazing thing. Like that's you know because yeah we're, we're kind of normal you know you're, you're spending your day in the urban jungle so to speak right. Mm -hmm. There's not a space for the body to heal itself, so the body's just going to be mm -hmm. kind of you know kind of either low level anxiety or high level anxiety or kind of oscillate between those two. Um, but yeah, my experience is that's a good way of like looking at what I would say you do is you you create a space that allows someone's body, their mind, their heart to heal itself and re and, and reconnect with itself or connect with itself on a higher, on a higher level. Um, mm -hmm. That's, that's a really beautiful way of, cause I don't think that we, you know, especially currently, like we don't, we don't trust the body enough. We don't trust the intelligence of the body. It's like always some kind of drug or some kind of vaccine or pharmaceutical company that's going to save the day, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's like, no, this body is so powerful knows what to do if we just create the space that allows it to do that so i really appreciate that um reflection mm -hmm. and you're talking about a number number sequence i was i want you to talk a little bit more about that 48 and then into the 50s i'm not familiar with that with that yeah uh, it, it's something that i looked up recently because mm -hmm. my mom actually did the raindrop therapy mm -hmm. um training and so that's usually using essential oils mm -hmm. and you drop them all on the spine and there's all of these, it's a very in-depth protocol. I always thought like, oh, you're just dropping some essential oils on the spine and like it's absorbing into the skin. Cool. Mm -hmm. But there, I mean, I can't regurgitate all the information because I didn't go through the class, but she was sharing with me all of the, basically they had each essential oil has its own frequency and mm -hmm. has and needs to go deep into studying the chemistry of it and how the nervous system receives that information. So, you know, we're thinking like, okay, this oil is going on the body, it's seeping in through the skin, maybe it's getting into kind of the bloodstream, but it's also affecting the nervous system because mm. there's an electric charge in the essential oil. Like the essential oil has its own frequency that it is then able to share with the nervous system of the body. So that's, that's kind of where I got into studying or hearing about the electromagnetic field being measured and it mm -hmm. being different 
when you're healthy versus when you are susceptible to getting a virus or a mm -hmm. cold. And one really interesting example that they gave, and I wish I had the, the, the knowledge of where this, where I could refer people to, to study this themselves, but it was information that was shared with me organically. So, um, but they, they had these two people, they measured the electromagnetic field, it's about 58. And I don't know if that, honestly, I don't know if that's megahertz or hertz. So don't quote me on this, but they then had the person hold a cup of coffee and his number went down by like two points and then they drank the coffee and they measured again and it went down dropped down like two more points so it's just looking at you know how what we are what we're bringing into our bodies and into our electromagnetic field how that's affecting our our wellness and how that's affecting the flow of energy and how how it's able to flow so definitely using breath work and meditation like those are and and for me meditation isn't just like okay i need to sit for an hour and clear my mind it's like i started meditating actually before i even knew it was called meditation really when i was a mom of a very young child and you know there's no there's not really a lot of time for self care there's like this little human that needs you a lot and then I noticed, okay, there's all these repetitive things that I do every day. So doing the dishes or cleaning, and those are opportunities that tuning into my body. And I started tuning into my breath. And so I, I really appreciate working in active meditation into the day and really having that be a part of the way I choose to go about my day and realizing that it's an integrated process and it's a constantly moving process to really choose to be aware of my center. And when I say my center, it's like, what does that really mean, right? And I feel like there's, there's a lot of strength in the, of course, ancient system of looking at the chakras and looking at those systems that run up the center of the body that are energy centers. And I wish I had brushed up on this, but I do remember researching that there's a correlation between actual like nerve bundles along the spine with each chakra. So it's not just like, oh, that's a spiritual thing. It's like actually there are physical centers yeah. in the areas that that are affected when you focus on them and you are bringing your breath and you're intentionally calming yourself right you're intentionally yeah. saying i'm gonna choose to fully relax right now and be fully present and that's really what happens when you meditate you're not yeah. thinking about things you're not yeah. stressed about things you're choosing to just be right here and you make a good point about you can bring that awareness into anything dancing you know walking through the woods even conversation you can you can you can have you know you can bring this awareness to anything and i think that's the to me that's the intention of meditation is that it carries over into the rest of your life that your life is a meditation meditation mm -hmm. is your life you absolutely know, yeah so what i'm curious your take on um is our electromagnetic field is it affected by things like um, electricity in the house and Wi-Fi and you know 4G and 5G and like what's what's your perspective on on that yeah I would say it's definitely affected mm -hmm. I mean it's it's all of these cross patterns connecting um, I would also say that I believe that the electromagnetic sphere of the human is a really strong system. And I really appreciate um, delving into Nikolai Tesla's studies on this. Um, and that was kind of my first awareness of, oh, okay, so there's this tube torus structure, kind of looks like a donut. Mm -hmm. And 
if you were to imagine the Earth, for example, the electromagnetic sphere of the Earth is going up and around and out and back up. So it just looks like this donut. That's the way, that's the shape that the energy maintains itself in. And what Nikolai Tesla was studying was how that modality, how that model that nature just like naturally that's what's happening. There's the same electromagnetic field around a tree, around a human, around our planet. And basically that it's a regenerative battery. So he found out how to tap into that as its own source of energy. So that's something I feel pretty passionate about is that we ourselves, when we utilize these principles to, to really, when we learn how to connect with what's going on all the time, like our, our energy field is happening, whether we decide to like study it or be interested in it or not, just like your heart is pumping and your body, your physical systems are so miraculously carrying out these very intricate functions, even though we're not telling it to do that. So yeah, tapping into the awareness of the way the energy is moving through our bodies and around us is a really huge key to, I feel like, protect ourselves from these increasing energetic fields that are being altered with 5G and 4G and 3G and and radios and just everything. I mean, there's so yeah. it's, it has changed so much over the past hundred years, fifty yeah. years. Yeah. So it's like to me, like what I hear you saying is like a message of empowerment, of like learning mm-hmm. energetic systems in yourself, and there's so much power in yourself, and you recognize it, and you can build this system and harmonize with higher um, harmonics, and yeah, beautiful. And so let's tie that into. I'm really curious about the power and I just started to get downloads about this mm-hmm. um, last I would say six months to a year in a stronger way it feels like there's so much potential in the power of sound the mm. power of music if you will mm-hmm. to support what what we're talking about All right so what have you kind of discovered in that area what's the potential there where where can we kind of go with that what is already what have you already noticed is it's powerful in that it's kind of a basic thing. Like you, you know, you, I mean, anybody can relate to like, you'll hear some kind of like really, um, I don't know, everyone has different tastes, but like there's certain kind of music that really just kind of jars you and makes you feel like really on ed- you know, edgy or kind of, kind of stressed or something. or just kind of like, Oh, I can't, I'm freaking out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's kind of music that's just like, Oh, I'm just being like open and I'm just feeling like so connected and, so um yeah i mean sound can create um they could be portals to awakening right to awakening in consciousness Mm, yeah i definitely feel very passionate about sound being a really powerful tool um as i mentioned like music has been a big part of my life in in various ways and since i've gotten back into music and well, really how it happened was first I started getting into the esoteric studies and into meditation. And then I realized what we're talking about here, that, that sound is the beginning of what contributes to the material world forming. That basically vibration is necessary for our physical experience to even occur. And so then I also started studying ancient languages, but also ancient spiritual practices and really noticed that across the board, when you continue to go back and follow, you know, the roots back to more origin nations around the world, whether it's India or China or Native American or even like Nordic type of um, heritages, um, basically they all had a connection to chanting and, and using sound in their spiritual practices. And in the same way that drum, drums and rhythms 
are used in spiritual practices. And I feel like the drumming kind of relates to the binary code, to the one and the zero, because <laughs> you're kind of doing like this. It's almost like a Morse code, but you're, you're communicating with rhythm. So I love that. <laughs> and um, yeah, and with sound. So then I started really researching you know, the, the scale system that we use now with the notes that we use is different than what was originally used. And I honestly couldn't say in this moment what exact year that transitioned, but what we use now is different. And when I started looking back at more so the, um, I don't want to say the wrong term, but I would say practices rooted in India and practices rooted in Egypt, they have very specific tones that they used. And so all of this to say, it's, it, you know, the question is why? Why is that a common theme? And, you know, for me, it circles back to the sound having the information that creates and how fun and beautiful and simple and, I feel like really pure it is to create on that level because also I really love how creating with sound or creating with the voice. So we have our lower three chakras, we have the root, the sacral and the solar, and then we have the heart in the middle. And then we have our upper three, we have the throat, the third eye and the crown. So for me, you know, the throat is the upper octave of the root basically. So up here we're creating just with, with nothing. We're creating with just sound and the way that our words have, they have big effects, you know, and not even just internally, but externally with others. And so, so I would say to tie it back into your original question though, um, I then started studying the different Hertz frequencies so that is the measurement of how many oscillations are happening. And honestly, I, I couldn't tell you right now if it's per second, it's like a millisecond. Look that up this on ties, Google. This ties into uh, binaural beats, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I haven't particularly studied how to create binaural beats, so I don't know the, the science behind that. Um, but I have intentionally woven in specific Hertz frequencies into some of the music that I produce, because I also saw, okay, there's all of these meditation songs happening where you can do your yoga or your meditation to these Hertz frequencies that are meant to, basically they're meant to align your body. They're meant to work with the natural homeostasis that your body wants to experience. And a lot of the music that we have now it's tuned slightly differently. So it's not actually resonating with the natural yeah. um, alignment of the body. Yeah. yeah. You know, one thing that's, that's been really interesting for me is like, I've gone through all different musical styles and all different genres of music. And I'm finding like kind of full circle in the sense that what I'm finding, I, appreciate the music I appreciate the most of late is the sounds of nature. Like it's yeah. actually an incredible symphony, incredible orchestra. And like, you know, that's something, you know, you, you can go find it on YouTube or, but actually sometimes it'll just, you know, where we live, there's a lot going on at certain times mm -hmm. of the day. Mm -hmm. You can just tune in and like, just hear these, you know, it's like the, the crickets are kind of like the, you know, the, there's a certain rhythm that they have and there's sounds over top of that and sounds underneath that. And, um, there's these natural harmonics that, when I was thinking about what you're talking, it's like, well, everything that moves, that makes us like sound is vibration, vibration is sound, right? So vibration comes from movement, which mm -hmm. is how we create, or how sounds created. So from that perspective, it's like, yeah, everything, there is no life without, without sound, without, without vibration. And then it's like kind of tuning into what is, what is the, the, the sound that is kind of like har naturally harmonized from the source? And we can kind of like share that, um, not just, just one, but sounds that are 
that are from that space. And then we're, we're, we're getting, we're, again, we're facilitating a space that um, allows the, the, the body to heal itself or the mind to heal itself or the emotions to, to heal themselves. So mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like there's just so much potential there. You know, with, with, with things like sound and sound healing, and it feels like, yeah, it's a really rich area. Definitely. Yeah, and I, I'm as you were talking about some of that, I was even visualizing, you know, when we're creating with our voice, what is actually powering that is our breath. So the, the amazing capacity of the breath to be a facilitator of creation. Mm-hmm. And, and then also, I feel like another big piece that's coming up that I feel inspired to say is that you know, we have such a belief that, or there is a far reaching belief that, um, let me rephrase this. Basically, we have the capacity to choose what we're resonating with. So, you know, we can start by looking at our thoughts and recognizing that if I have a negative thought about myself and say I'm comparing myself to someone else, and I'm putting myself down because I haven't quite achieved their success. What is that? What is that actually creating? You know, it's like, okay, so that thought is firing through my brain and there's a feeling of contraction that goes along with that. There's a feeling of, you know, I'm feeling inadequate. I'm judging myself. I'm uh, maybe, you know, and I'm resonating with the feeling of feeling jealous or comparative to the other person so it's just like when you get down to the nitty-gritty of like this is where presence comes in is can I be present with myself and what my thoughts are and how they're influencing my energetic field and therefore how they're influencing and affecting my health how they're influencing what I'm drawing to myself what I'm choosing to connect with because when things resonate on the same frequency, they want to resonate together. Like it's naturally drawn to resonate together. And so, yeah, just really being aware that we have the capacity to choose what our resonance is. And we have the ability to choose then what our thoughts are, what we're focusing on, what we believe about ourselves. Because if you, you know, so many people are, really surrendered to, oh, well, life is hard. Life sucks. Shit's going to happen. You know, your body just goes to crap as you get older. And it's like, well, yes, if you keep thinking that you are programming your highly intelligent physical form to respond to that. And there will be effects. There will be influences of your, from your beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's just, it's amazing to just tap into the, the power that lies inside us. You know, it's interesting because power is energy. Energy is power. It's like power plant, right? So it's like we have, there's a power plant inside us and accessing it and connecting with other people that are on this path I find is, is really valuable, um, as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, and that creates its own kind of harmonics, its own harmonic resonance, right? Coming in the field of other people that are on the shared path and this field of presence. Mm. And presence really does feel so much to be like the foundation of so much of this um, because there's nothing that's not, everything's happening now. There's nothing that's ever not happening in this moment. Absolutely. Being being present in the moments. Um, feels like it's a, just a core element of um, what I share and what you share as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your online course you have coming up. Yes. Okay. So here I am, graduating, uh, getting my massage license. I'd already been doing a lot of energy work throughout the years, but decided to really dive into that. So I graduated in November and I'm like building my practice and then boom, 
quarantine happens. And yeah. I was really, really inspired to kind of pivot with that and create some online offerings. And this is something, and I've heard this, I've heard a lot of people kind of saying this, this is something I've wanted to do for a long time, but you know, staying on the grind of building something and with certain momentum, I just was going in that direction of building my in-person one-on-one practice. And this, I, I view COVID and this quarantine like as a major opportunity for humanity to really sit back and look and observe and then really choose how we're gonna move forward. So for me, that experience has been related to developing this online course. So for, for the past few months, I've basically been asking myself, how can I distill what I teach in one-on-one sessions, how I support people in reclaiming their access to their own power to heal themselves, and these principles that I know and understand, but maybe it's time for me to share that in a different way, in a more informational way. And, and even take, step out of that role as, you know, healer. Like I'm coming to this person for a session so they can help me feel better, right? Like a lot, that's what is driving a lot of people to come see me in the first place. So I'm really enjoying stepping back and saying, actually, I'm just going to give you the information and support you in going on your own healing journey. And so what I've cultivated is called the ALIGN method. And A stands for acknowledging and accepting. And L is letting go. I, integrating. G, grounding. And N, building new neural networks, new neural pathways. And so for me, it was really looking at, okay, well, what do I use every day in what can I use across the board, no matter what the circumstance is, to get myself back to center and to get myself out of that stress response, that fight or flight response, and into this place of what I really relate to as this divine creativity. Because when we're in that stress mode, you can't act you can't access joy and ease and abundance and you know, you're, you're just trying to survive. And so I, yeah, I just I use this every day and it can really be done in a few seconds. It's, it can be used as like a mini check-in or it can be used to really do some deeper dives into bigger patterns that are happening in our lives. So I like to use this align method to really look at, okay, what, what am I noticing right now? So I need to first be present and acknowledge and accept whatever. And I'll just use a more specific example. So say I'm stressed about paying rent. That's something I think a lot of us can relate to. And I've lived many years being like, well, I really hope I can make my rent. And I've shifted my relationship to it from stress and fear and worry and survival to really trusting that if I am in my aligned path, the universe will support me. So it's like a major perspective shift. And I feel like the aligned method gives individuals the opportunity to have a reliable, simple framework to kind of fall back on to create those shifts. Because when we're stuck in our cycles, you know, we're stuck in them because we don't know how to get out. So these tools are built to allow someone to cultivate their own practice of shifting where they're at and expanding into where they really want to be. So, you know, say I'm stressed about my rent. Okay, let me acknowledge what I'm feeling about that. Like, I feel this kind of tightness in my diaphragm. And, you know, so this, this ties into like somatic therapy. And also into a little bit of NVC, nonviolent communication. So it's really being present with the sensations and really just accepting them. So when you're being present with something and you're observing something, you're not judging it. I'm not sitting here thinking like, 
oh, if I had just worked harder or if I had just da-da-da-da-da or if I had not bought that la-da-da, then I wouldn't be worried about rent right now. No, we're not judging, we're not thinking. And so then from there, it's allowing those sensations, those emotions, those thoughts, accepting them, acknowledging them, and then letting them go. Because, I mean, yeah, you have the option to just hold on to them and sit there and judge yourself and be afraid. That is an option. But that's what's keeping a, a, me stuck in this cycle of stress. So, okay, I'm going to hold the intention to let this go. And so that really works a lot with the breath. And then with the whole integrating concept, we're then kind of looking at how the body is formed, how the neural system, neural network works, and how our body, our mind, our emotions is all tied together. Mm-hmm. So, so really, each one of these steps, there will be kind of an educational component of it where I do go into bringing in quantum physics and some esoteric knowledge and you know, things like somatic therapy and nonviolent communication. So I'm pulling from all of these things that I've studied and the way that I see them connecting, I'm bringing that and I'm sharing it. So there's there's a phrase you said that I really liked. um, When you're on the line, when you're on an aligned path, the universe will support you. Yes. That's That's been my mantra. (laughs) Yeah. It's so fun. And let me, I mean, it's, it's mind blowing how, when I choose to say yes to the universe supporting me, it's amazing. And when I say universe, I mean, I'm talking about literally the expansiveness of everything. Mm -hmm. Because when we do get into that concept and that perspective that the universe is all connected, and, you know, that could be a whole nother podcast on really looking at the intricacies of how that works. But, um, with looking at that and yeah, realizing that I am a part of this network and this network wants to thrive, Mm. you know, like look at the way that a plant grows, look at the way that ecosystems are formed. There's a natural leaning towards balance and, you know, sometimes balance is brutal and it doesn't always, you know, sometimes we think, oh yeah, nature, it's so beautiful. Well, there's a lot of animals hunting and killing each other. That's true. And there's like, okay, this, this bug is going to take over this territory and eradicate all the other ones. Like that's a part of nature, honestly. So it's like, yes, there is that. There is the destructive quality of the natural world. But when you really look at the whole system, you look at the universe, there's equal creation and destruction and they they play together so i like to really just yeah recognize my connectedness to that system and also i wrote something about this the other day like what we like it's kind of a construct of your mind like is it are you seeing something being destroyed or something being created it's kind of like two sides of the same coin you know it's like you're just really seeing one form go into another form and it's kind of your 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 story if it's like like if it's, if it's if it's what you don't want, then it's being destroyed. If it's what you want, then it's being created. But it's kind of just relative, you know. Mm, that is. Yes. But um, let me let me bounce a couple of th- other things off you. Um, yeah. One of the things I know that you've looked at a lot is masculine energy and feminine energy and gender, and let us just kind of talk about that and how you kind of discovered on your path as far as as far as that goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'd say that, oh, am I still on here? Yeah, you're, you're back. No, there we go. Um, I would say, well, first I'll say my battery is getting low on my phone. Okay. <laughs> so there's that. But, um. I think you put the charger down here. I did. I did. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just keep rolling. We'll keep rolling okay. for now. I think we're good. Um, but as far as gender, I would say that. About seven years ago was when I met groups of people that identified as non-binary or queer. And that was a really profound experience for me because I feel like 
being in those spaces gave me the opportunity to really explore beyond the social constructs that are connected with gender and being raised in the South and very Christian, you know, there's certain roles, like the woman is this and the man is this. And this is how you go through life in a successful way as one of those beings. And my observation is that that structure is not always the most fulfilling for people. Um, and I feel like it can be really limiting to say, well, I'm, I'm this and you're that. Because in my perspective, and also this ties into studying Tantra, which really is about observing the masculine and feminine within each one of us. So that path is really about bringing my inner masculine and feminine qualities into balance and harmony together. And then from there, creating out of my own abundance, out of my own completion. So I really resonated with that when I started kind of reading about Tantra and, and then was also meeting these queer communities. And yeah, so that was kind of my first experience into expanding my own expression. And then as far as Tantra goes, um, and as far as integration, it feels like you're, you're, you've been on this kind of um, path of integrating everything, which I relate to as well. Yeah. And so I think as you go on the spiritual path, if you go far enough, the way we've been enculturated, you start to realize like, whoa, there's this huge area that is not integrated and it's been mm -hmm. separated with this division between spirituality and sexuality. And like, mm -hmm. why is that? Why, why is this division there? So like mm -hmm. talk a little bit about like what you discovered as far as that goes and kind of what your journey has been like there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was first just more of a, an introspective experimental process to be like, well, what does this really mean to balance my own energies and you know, to not necessarily be looking for a relationship or a person or an energy outside of myself to bring me balance. So I think that was something that I played with relationally, you know, and being, being more in the polyamorous structure of relating. And really, I started to meet people who really celebrated sexuality and celebrated that this is life force energy moving through the body. And that's one of the most divine, pure, creative energies we can tap into. And, you know, recognizing that everything is sacred, everything is, is connected. And therefore, you know, when you're looking at the universe as God, or as like a, when you're looking at it through a spiritual lens, and realizing that we're all connected and that there's this energy that's moving through us that creates, I've really appreciated being able to shift out of this mindset of sexuality is over here and, you know, we don't talk about it in certain settings and you don't do it outside of marriage. No, no, no. And, you know, like there's some really locked down, I feel like it's a lot of fear of that creative power and also honestly i feel like this kind of segues into that reality that we have the capacity to choose what are what we're resonating with what we're creating and it's actually kind of a little scary when you really step into that and you really look at yourself and you're like wow i'm responsible for all that I'm experiencing. I am co-creating this. And it, it then takes you out of that like victim mindset that, you know, this happened to me and the world is awful. And it's like, I am here. I am a part of everything. I am co-creating. And it's just such, it's so exciting to tap into that power of creation. And it is also scary. And so I feel like sexual energy has a lot of ties to that fear of power 
Yeah, it feels like such an important point. I mean, the the second chakra is the is sexual energy, but it's also the creative energy. And if we're Absolutely. cut off from that from that part of ourselves, then we're cut off from our creativity. We're cut off from our power. We're cut off from our you know ourselves, the deepest parts of ourselves, essentially. So yeah, you, you articulated that really, really beautifully. Thank you for that. Thank Anything you for else you'd like to share? Uh, no, I, I mean I feel like we covered, I feel like we covered it all, and I love how we kind of just jumped around to music and science and healing and sexuality, and it's yeah, it's all such a juicy combo. Yeah, well, thanks, Debbie, so much, Debbie, so much for being here, and um, thanks everyone else for being here. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for whoever is connecting and joining. And, and yeah, I also just want to make a little plug that I'll be starting my course on August 13th and that I'm really excited about connecting with individuals and just sharing this in a, in a wider format, wider than my local area. Cool. Thanks everybody.